from ReachOut74 at Montreat, North Carolina. The speaker this evening, Friday, November the 22nd, is Bob Mumford. thinking that I could get a pair of black beads and I could sing like that. <laughs> Let us pray together as we open the Word of God in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, what a beautiful, beautiful meeting. How we rejoice in the ministry that you've sent to us, this beautiful choir and our sister Lord who ministered us so effectively and now Lord as we open your word God you said that the entrance of your word would give light and father I pray thee that thou shalt bring light to your people tonight a kind of a light that we can direct our lives adjust our priorities Find our whole lifestyle adjusted by what we see and hear and feel of that which you're doing in the earth. Help this servant and this people for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. As I live, saith God, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. I live for that. My whole life is motivated to see that come to pass. If it does not come to pass in my generation, it may come to pass in yours. But it's coming. Someone said, do you want to go to heaven? I said, no, thanks. I want to stick around and see Numbers 14, 21 fulfilled. <laughs> you say, well, that's not good eschatology, but it sure is exciting. <laughs> the next one is Isaiah chapter 45. And this is one that you will recognize as soon as we read it. Isaiah chapter 45, we begin to read at verse 20. Then we're going to Ephesians. Our theme, as I told you, was understanding his fullness. And God says, as I live, saith God, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. I think he means it. I think he's going to do it. And I think he's got enough glory to go around. Verse 20 of Isaiah 45. Gather yourselves and come. Draw near together, you fugitives of the nation. 
They have no knowledge to carry about their wooden idol and pray to a God who cannot save. Declare and set forth your case. Indeed, let them consult together. Who has announced this from old? Who has long since declared it? Is it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none except me. Verse 22, Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. Listen, this sound familiar? That to me every knee will bow and every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Men will come to him, that is, to Christ. All who were angry at him shall be put to shame. In the Lord all the offspring of Israel will be justified and will glory. Let me read verse 23 again. God telling us clearly what is yet to happen on the earth. He said, Every knee shall bow, and every tongue will swear allegiance. Does that sound familiar to anybody? That's a quote from the Isaiah borrowed that from the Apostle Paul. Oh, Paul knew what he was saying. That's Philippians 2. I'm sure you're aware of that. Now, these two declared intentions of God are very important for every Christian. We have our vision so screwed up sometimes that we don't understand what the Lord is doing. Last night I cried out before the Lord. I said, Lord, Give us a clear trumpet sound. You want us to charge, don't play retreat. You want us to go to bed, don't play reveille. And that's what I want to do tonight if I can. I want to fix something in your mind in such a way that it will, it will adjust your compass in the Holy Ghost begin to give you a motive, a direction, a sense of where God is going and he is heading towards his fullness in the earth. I have to be careful that I don't get off on side issues tonight because all of this opens a thousand doors. Ephesians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Now, I will teach you some heresy. Get ready. I always warn you when I'm getting ready for heresy. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Waiting for Episcopalians to find Ephesians.
I hope you don't mind my kidding you, I hope. First, Ephesians 1.50. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith of the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, that is Christ. Now, I want you to come back and look at 15 for me. Paul said, when I saw you beautiful Ephesian Christians, when I saw your faith and when I saw your love, I started praying for you. The Ephesian church said, don't pray for us. You ought to pray for the Corinthian church. We have faith and love. We really, I mean, what more can you ask? Faith and love. Paul said, when I saw your faith and love, I started praying for you night and day. And this is what I prayed. I prayed, Father... Give those beautiful people an insight, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your Son. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's us. Some are saints, some are ain't. But we're saints. Verse 19. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he, caused, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Now let me begin to read that and put the proper names in places of the pronouns. Wow. And God brought about in Christ when he, God, raised him, Christ, from the dead and seated him, Christ, at God's right hand in heavenly places. How many of you believe he's sitting there tonight? Hallelujah. King over everything. Stock market included. Come on now. Far above all rule and authority and all power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Now, it involves this age and the coming age. Verse 22. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. Now, notice that there are no capitals there for which. It's one verse, one sentence in Greek, in Greek and I want to read it this way. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, 
which is his body. Who is that? Wow. He better have some power. You the church? Are you all he's got? You mean, you mean the Lord is going to put everything under his feet by using you? Brother, he better have something under the hood himself. Now what? He put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The fullness of him who fills all in all. I was a Bible college graduate administered for about 12 years, graduated from seminary. I had read the book of Ephesians countless times. I have never had since then, nor to this day, had I ever heard anybody teach me that God was expecting some kind of fullness of his body on the earth. All of my theology was based on an escape mechanism that said, Hold the fort, for I am coming. <laughs> Wave the answer back to heaven. Me and Adger will be ready. But I began to read the book of Ephesians and I began to see the word fullness. And honestly, I really thought I was in heresy and I'm not sure I'm not there yet. Because when I look around, I look at you. <laughs> I said, God, are you sure? The fullness of his body on the earth. Now, without, now follow me. I, this is not a Sunday school class. I'm talking to you like spiritual adults who are seeking to hear what God is saying to the church. So, let's go. Now listen. Without changing books, without getting verses from all over the Bible and try to prove something, Staying in the same book, same author, I want you to see three verses. First one is Ephesians 3 and 19. Now, I am deadly serious. Let's begin to read at verse 16. Ephesians 3, 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth, 
and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Maybe that's not in your Bible. I said, are you kidding, Paul? Me filled up to all the fullness of God? There was one guy praying on the front pew, and he's praying, oh, Lord, fill me with all the ghost. His wife said, don't do it, Lord, he leaks. <laughs> now what? Uh, Paul says, I pray that the Holy Spirit shall come into your inner man in such a way that Christ would dwell in you by faith and that you would be rooted and grounded in him, build up until you could contain the fullness of God. What does that mean? I don't know, but whatever it means, it ought to be good. Now let's leave that one and go to Ephesians 4. And 13, Lord Jesus, help me. Somebody stole my water. Did you get back? Thank you. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the saints for the work of service to build up the body of Christ until... We all attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to... Whoop, 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 what does it say? He said, now listen, I have given you apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and I have given them to work on you adjust you, fix you up, whatever else you need, until you can grow up to the fullness of the unity of faith and understand what God is doing in the earth and that you would understand on this earth something of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 5, verse 18. This is the Pentecostal text. Remember, this was our text from last night, verse 17. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be Now, here's what we have. Paul says this. Now, I, I, again, I am trying to blast you loose from a certain kind of mentality that says, Antichrist shall get worse and worse. Things will get better and better. And there will be hardly anybody left but us four and no more. <laughs> and here we will be just faithful, hanging on to the end. (laughs) 
Paul said, hey, church, you are his body. The fullness of all in all. I want the Holy Spirit to come to you, work in you, until you're able to contain the fullness of God. I gave you apostles and prophets till they work in you, till you can contain the fullness of Christ. And one thing I want you to know, the will of God is for you to be filled with the Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost operating in the church to bring the body of Christ to its maturity in the earth. What do you think God's doing today? Are you breathing? <laughs> coming from the east, coming from the west. What's he doing? The trumpet's going forth. The body is arising. The body of Christ is coming alive. The mentality of the church of Jesus Christ is beginning to be adjusted. And, 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 and in many places, there is a vision coming forth that says, Oh, church of the living God, begin to understand the high calling of your destiny in the earth. no answers in the church. Don't get buildings and church confused. Are you there? Don't get buildings and church confused. Now, what I want to do, if I can, is give you what I think to be nine steps that I see God doing to bring the church to fullness in the earth. You say, do you believe he's going to do that before the rapture? I don't know. <laughs> he could do it with it, before it, after it, during it. It wouldn't make me any never mind. Did you believe post-millennium, pre-millennium, amillennium? I said, I don't know that either. But I do know this. Now hear me and hear me clearly. I know this. God is not playing games. If this is a drill, I'm going to be mad when I get to heaven. Some of the guys who was in this service know what that is. There's no drill. Now hear me when I say to you, church, church, I'm putting this 
as simply as I know how. What God is going to do in the last days, he is going to do it through his church, which is his body. He is not raising you up because he is playing some kind of a game. He is searching out his sheep from everywhere to dwell in booths of every background and denomination. He's searching them out to come together that while we're together, we can take courage and strength from one another and we begin to see something of the strength and power and the dynamic of the church of the living God. Man, I feel like signing up for six. <laughs> it's there, man. See it. See it. Now, if you understand that Jesus, the head, and Jesus, the body, are one, This is the church, which is his body. It's not like a body. It's not a simile, a metaphor. It's not a parable. It's not a hyperbole. It is a body. A many-membered corporate body of people that are coming together as his people on the earth. thinking about this the other day and I said to the folks I was preaching I said if you have any idea suppose we took every Christian and gave them a rifle and a bayonet and I said do you have any idea what a standing army there would be in the earth and no sooner had I said that I said I take it back all the folks looked at me funny. I said, they said, why? I said, because if you give all the Christians a gun and a bayonet, they'll stab and shoot each other. <laughs> Did anybody ever tell you that we could contain the fullness of God on the earth? Anybody? Did anybody ever tell you that God's intent and design was that we should be able to contain the fullness of Christ? And I don't mean me, a single individual. I mean the corporate body of Christ. Did anybody ever tell you that being filled with the Spirit had certain intents and design other than goosebumps? <laughs> Now, I want to give you, if I can, the nine steps that I believe will lead us toward the goal. Now, what I am trying to do tonight is blow a clear trumpet sound. I am trying from these nine things to so instruct you in the ways of the Spirit that you will have no excuse for walking that way. You cannot play dumb. 
First one, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Come on, quickly. I won't turn to all these scriptures, but I won't turn to a few of them. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Famous verse, verse 28. Hallelujah. Are you all right? Okay. I'd like to preach some more on fullness. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Filled with the fullness of God. I wonder what that means. I'm not playing dumb. I mean, I what could that possibly mean? I checked the Greek. It's there. Filled with the fullness of Christ. Filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You are the fullness of Him. As I live, says God, all the earth shall be filled with the fullness of God. Hallelujah. I think I'm going to stay being a Christian. Maybe, maybe the Lord has something in his plans that I don't know about yet. You think the Lord may have some surprises for us? Do you? Huh? I get an awful feeling like he's going to pull one over on us. And I'll be thrilled if he does. I thought, glory to God. You know, he did pull one over on me. He started baptizing Roman Catholics. <laughs> do you think the Lord, do you possibly think the Lord meant it when he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh? We Pentecostals had that all figured out. We had that all Pentecostal flesh. We didn't know what was going to happen to you guys. But you suppose maybe he has a whole bundle to pour out that we haven't seen yet? And we said, Latter rain! No, no, that's just the drips. <laughs> I, get a, I get a feeling that's what it's like. Okay, let's get started. Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he also put them on a train. That's right. You'll see it there. Just a minute. 
Predestined means you're on a train. Your destination is already picked out. If you're on a train going to Philly, however much you think you're going to Baltimore, when the train arrives, you will be in Philadelphia. Now, there's a lot of Christians who don't even know the first goal of the Christian life. Many, many Christians think the first goal of the Christian life is to go to heaven. And I won't get into that. Now what? For whom he foreknew, he also predestined, or he put him on a train. And what is the train? The train is going toward being conformed to the image of God's Son. Now, church, for Jesus' sake, straighten out your vision tonight and remember this. Everything that God lets come into your life, good or bad or right or wrong or in between, whatever it is that he lets come into your life, it's designed to conform you to the image of his Son. Everything. Everything. You say, well, you're dogmatic. I know. Can I help it if I'm right? <laughs> now, that's the first goal, the first vision of a believer. That is so important for you to get that vision straight before your eyes without a vision. Come on. People perish. But I thought the Lord's desire for me was to be happy with a fat wallet and a new car. Well, I've seen the Lord's will to be a skinny wallet and an old car. Of course, there's none of them here. But whatever it is that God needs to conform you to the image of his son, that is the highest thing in God's category. God said, when I get done with you, you're going to look and act and talk like my son. I said, that's going to be painful. He said, now you're getting the message. <laughs> now, that's the first goal. That is so important because the rest of these are predicated on that. That's number one. A lot of verses I could give you in relationship to that, but we can't do it. Next one's Matthew 28 and um, verse the last few verses in Matthew. Would you turn there with me quickly? I won't turn you to too many verses tonight, but... Some of these you've just got to see. First one is the goal or the direction or the vision. The vision is that God's desire is to conform us to the image of his son. Every believer, man and woman, young and old, black and white, whatever your status, remember this. God, once you are called according to his purpose, his highest desire is he begins to work in you and conform you to the image of his son. Second thing is this, Matthew chapter 28 
and verse 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven. Go, therefore. What I leave out? Oh. Oh. Why did I leave that out? Jesus says, All authority is given to me in heaven and go ye therefore and leave tracks under every door. Now listen, Jesus has all authority. He has all authority in heaven. He has all authority where? Now let me ask you a question. What authority will he have when he comes that he doesn't have right now? It's all his. In heaven and on earth, in my tree. In uh, Winston-Salem and Spartanburg and all the towns I've seen to the uttermost parts of the earth. Georgia. <laughs> I came to breakfast this morning and a brother said, Brother, I've got a missionary call for you. Did it's a Presbyterian church down in Georgia. <laughs> okay. Now, what? Uh, Go ye, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all, A-double-all, all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, the first vision is being conformed to the image of Christ. The second one is how you do that. And how you get conformed to the image of Christ is by embracing New Testament discipleship. Learning to be a disciple, a disciplined one. Let me ask you, church, think with me a moment now. Is there a difference between teaching and training? Do you know something? We're finding this. We get people in conferences and we teach them and teach them and teach them. And they all get full and fat and their head gets full and their spirit gets full and nothing happens. You know why? They've never been trained. 